Good morning, homeschoolers. Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am Kim Smythe, and today I'm here with Vicki Tillman. And we are missing our buddy Sabrina. We'll, we'll have her back with us soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, we, we miss Sabrina when she's not here because she talks at the beginning and we don't have to turn our brains on yet. So. We do, we do. So this is my rookie time here leading us off. And you made it all the way this far. I did. You, I did. Great leader. Vicky's a great coach. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So today we're going to talk about leadership and followership. This is near and dear to our hearts. You know, we think about homeschoolers being all isolated in their basement and mom doesn't let them out for 18 years. And then all of a sudden they are these wonderful people. But really, there's no escape either being a leader or a follower their whole lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you think about it in our families, there are times when we're leaders and times when we're followers. In, in our church settings, in different groups at church, if we run a small group or if we participate in a small group, if we're, excuse me, if we, um, in, a, in a co-op, if we do yeah. a homeschool co-op. Yeah. That, so their kids are always either leading or following. And the skills to be a leader or a follower and do it well are very similar. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. It's kind of yeah. cool when you think about it. Yeah. So we, we decided we would talk about this today because you run a leadership group at our local umbrella school for the homeschool teenagers. I do. They yeah. are always teaching me something new all the time. They think I'm kind of leading, but I'm really not. I'm following. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you do the group there at school? What are y'all doing? Oh, well, we've been through all kinds of morphs from very incognito to very formal applications applications and interviews and and you know lots of meetings to kind of very laissez-faire and see what happens and our current iteration is that um, we came up with the coolest name I think I kept praying about like I feel like we need to be called something a because I kept standing up and saying okay so we're gonna have that group that meets that tries to make the school better at lunchtime and that just sounded really <laughs> weird <laughs> And then I thought, well, some of these kids are going to want this on their transcript right. and everything else. And it's I thought, a good extracurricular. Oh, it is. It's mm -hmm. great. You know, and, and if you're thinking, you know, college and whatever, colleges love to see leadership things. Indeed. Um, and it's just it's just so useful. It really is. So to have um, a name is a good thing. For yeah. You. So so I kept thinking leadership, leadership. And, and I kept, you know, rolling that around in my head. And then I kept thinking, but but our school's model is servant leadership. Mm -hmm. So then I kept thinking servant leader, servant leader, service leader, servant and leadership team spells salt. And we're supposed <laughs> to be the salt and the light. And I thought, hmm, let me throw that out to the kids and see what they think. And I kind of expected to get these very polite little, oh, that's really cute, Mrs. Smythe, but like no real buy-in, you know. And so I wrote it up on the board and I said, just tell me what y'all think. I said, you know, I have no ego. You know, I'm like, I really don't. This is not my group. It's really their group. I'm just there to help them along. And I wrote it up on the board and like two or three of them like just about jumped out of their seats. They were so excited. And then they decided that we need to put a Y on the end of it. So it's salt, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said y'all, <laughs> but they wanted yo. So, so sometimes we're salt and sometimes we're salty. Um, but we're, we're going to season the people around us, hopefully, and, and make it a better place. 
So that's our name. So part of what they do is projects to, to develop their skills, but also help the umbrella school culture. Yeah, yeah, yep. So we do things within the school, like we've got, um, we wanted to make some posters to put up some somewhat to remind people of what the rules are around them. We have very few rules. So some of the new kids, they kind of think, oh, wait a minute, what are the rules? And so we're trying to like explain. There aren't a lot of them unless you give us a reason to make one. <laughs> Um, and then we'll make more. Um, so it's sort of like the potato chip thing, you know, you know, mess up all you want and we'll make more rules. But we really just want you to do great and not have a lot of rules. Um, and so um, so some of it is internal. Um, we also do things just to encourage each other and love on each other. And we have fun together. We have spirit days where everybody dresses up in school colors and another day where everybody dresses up the same color as everyone, the same grade as they are. And that was very popular. Yeah, um, I remember my son just loved color days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we had felt school spirit was kind of waning a little bit. And so we really, really leaned into color days. And it was hugely successful. And we figured out part of it is just that people kind of like competition sometimes. <laughs> you know, is it, it can be fun. Yeah. There's no reason it needs to be obnoxious. It just can be fun. That's right. As long as it's kept in good spirit mm-hmm. and all, and it truly was. So we thought, okay, so now we want to do something for the external community around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and a number of us in, that are involved in the group have really had a heart for the homeless and we have a wonderful mission ministry in our area um, that has serves you know hot meals uh, three times a day, um, and and does you know very short term ministry, but also does has live in ministry for men and women and children um, where they can actually really learn and help them turn their lives around. Uh, so if we've wanted to support that that mission um and so we are going to do a food raiser for them a food raiser a food raiser yes we are raising food it's it's mostly me i'm sorry (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) and the kids are very polite they kind of they kind of come along you know and they let me know if it's really stupid or if it's kind of fun and catchy that's a really good one yeah Yeah. okay so you're doing a food raiser we're doing a food raiser and the kids came up with this great idea we wanted to do a competition-y thing and we thought, well, how are we going to measure this? Because, you know, one person could bring in a case of macaroni and cheese and someone could bring in a case of tuna fish and somebody else could bring in a box of cereal. And how do we compare all those? And so we decided to go by the number of servings in the box. Oh, my goodness. Instead of like <laughs> typically it would be how many items or how many ounces we've done in the past. You can tell you working with teenagers. They're going to make sure that this is right. Oh, they're yeah, like, absolutely. Um, so then I said, so I asked them, I said, what what should our goal be? You know, they talked about wanting to have one of those thermometers so mm-hmm. we could see the goal. And I said, what do you think? Like a thousand servings. And we have the best group of kids. They looked at me and they said, that's really lame, Mrs. Smythe. We're going to go for 5,000 servings, Aww. which I awesome. thought was so sweet. Yeah. yeah. So um, so actually, they decided 5,000 servings, and we started talking about it. And it was when I started sharing it with my other classes that I realized, hmm, some other really famous guy that we all know and love fed 5,000 people at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it just seemed I, really I'm, fitting. I'm very impressed. Yeah. That's awesome. It's really yeah. cool. So we can give you an update as that runs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very cool. 
Very cool. So good segue into, mm-hmm. we want to talk about leadership and followership because it's so similar. It's, oh my, yeah. So to, to be a good leader, you have to be able to follow sometimes. And followers are always going to have to take the lead at some point in life. So mm-hmm. so what are some things that we need to discuss about leadership and oh, followership? Well, we thought maybe we should talk about really what is a leader or what kinds of leaders are there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you brought up some really cool uh, yeah. kinds of leaders that are kind of maybe a different way of thinking about leadership. You know, as I've advised kids over the years, helping them get ready for college, a lot of times my quieter students have uh, felt like there is no way that they would ever be a leader. So I've got these little artists. And, uh, and then we talk about like great artists like Van Gogh, who would never be considered, you know, like in line for the presidency of something or the other. But he led the culture in creating art that was out of his soul. Oh, yeah. So he was a, a culture creating kind of, of leader. And they're great like writers who you could have said were a recluse, but helped define the culture. You know, you think about like um, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, mm. how that's affected children's lives, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers over the years reading that book. And, you know, the, uh, the author was not running for president. <laughs> President's on our brain right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, she was writing in order to tell a story that helped people think differently. Mm. So in a way, that's thought leadership. And uh, so there's also people leadership, too. Mm-hmm. And some people are just born walking into a room and like a magnet, people zoop right onto them. And that's that's just a different kind of leadership. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are so many different kinds. And one of the things that's important for people followers and people leaders is people skills. Yes, indeed. And we we all need people skills all throughout our lives. Um um, and I'm going to put in a shameless plug. This is not the time frame for plug, but Vicky has a really cool social skills um, for kids on our on our website at sevensistershomeschool.com um, that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, it's it's actually in the elementary section. Yeah. But if you don't show the teenagers the cover, it's the <laughs> ten social skills that we have taught all of our homeschoolers over the years, like how to have a conversation, mm. or if there's a group of people standing around, how to enter a conversation, mm. or how to greet the new person in a room. And yeah. I, I I think we need to rebrand that and oh, and make yes. a more teen version. But uh, great idea, you know it's. Yeah, yeah, you could get those skills out. Yeah, I, I had a friend who recently went to a um, engagement uh, party for a young couple, and she said not a single person in the room talked to her, mm-hmm. and uh, because nobody had any skills, mm-hmm. so that you know just basic normal skills can help anybody be a better follower or leader. Absolutely, absolutely. I actually shared some of those same ideas with the students in my leadership class. Uh, we had a college fair right at our school. It's a new thing oh, we started. Cool. And we had representatives from probably 15 or so colleges um, within the several hours drive. Yeah. How cool really is that? Cool, yeah. Really cool. Really um, cool. But what I found is the students didn't know how to participate in a college fair. They didn't quite know how to walk up to a stranger at a table uh-huh. and sit, put their hand out and say, hi, my name is so-and-so. 
and just get the conversation started. So I actually kind of pulled a few of them aside and I said, oh gosh, I didn't realize that you guys needed this coaching. Let me tell you how to do a college fair. And so basically all you need to do is go up, put your hand out, introduce yourself, and they're gonna do a lot of the talking and everything from right. there. But yeah. it's that first step of, of actually right. approaching somebody. It can be intimidating. And so yeah. even kids who aren't leaders mm-hmm. per se, have to have the skills in order to go to a college fair or go to a job job interview interview. yeah or move into a dorm and make friends oh my yeah seriously or be the new person at a job i mean these are like basic skills so that's that a leader needs to be able to be the one who moves around a room and you know works the room Mm. but followers are doing that too maybe on a smaller scale Absolutely. We, we actually have, have taught, and Vicki has been the, the champion of this for years in our community, I teach a few of the kids to kind of be the ones to start to be the connectors and the introducers. And so maybe Vicki will go over and, and talk to someone and find out their name and something about them. And then she'll find out that they like to play chess. So then she goes and finds somebody else in the room who plays chess and connects them. And then the follower is going to be the one who's going to then engage that student and you know, maybe pull out the chessboard. We ha- we have some hanging around, um, or even just talk to them so they help connect. And there's multi layers, so it's like a web instead of like just feeling like someone has targeted you because you're the new person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although that's nice. At least you know somebody talks to them. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So skills a leader needs mm-hmm. or a follower needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we've come up with a lot of them. Vicky has to talk to us a few minutes about vision because she's the vision queen. Oh my gosh. So, you know, God has put in each person's heart mm-hmm. a, a picture, a, a vision for what they're about and what they love. It is there in everyone's heart. And if you give a, a teen permission to explore that and enjoy that, they'll tell other people about it and it can be contagious. So, you know, if, if somebody says, um, oh gosh, teenagers do it all the time. You know, I, I love my new t-shirt. And then everybody wants to go get a t-shirt like that. Well, so they have a vision for that kind of t-shirt. But on a bigger scale, you know, a vision for spreading the gospel or making a good culture in the umbrella school or being a big sibling that is a, a kind person and a supporter. You know, they all have visionary things that God has placed in their hearts. Mm. Yeah, it makes a big difference. And if they're still looking for their vision, that's okay. Like. Mm. For some of us, it's it's easier to kind of see that and acknowledge that, and some some takes take a while to figure out what that is. Yeah, and to do and career exploration is a sideways mm. way to get to that vision because a lot of times teenagers feel badly about themselves. You know, mm. they they are the lowest self esteem of any humans, and if you let them just kind of explore some of their experiences, what God has already done, mm. uh, they start appreciating that a little bit more so yeah so on on purpose teens should have time to explore visionary kind of things Mm -hmm. and sometimes just showing them what we see indeed as the gifts that that are in them or the Mm -hmm. wonderful things that they have done for others around them 
they may not even realize it. Like when you were saying about their, their self-esteem, they, they just kind of take it for granted that happened. I remember our seventh sister, Marilyn, was teaching at our umbrella school an essay writing class oh, yes. several years back. And there was this young man who was, of course, in the middle of his teenage angst. And uh, he wrote an essay that she was very impressed with. And so she, at the bottom of the essay, she jotted down, you have a lot of potential. That's all she wrote. That boy got so excited, he became an English major in college. Yeah. Like, that little encouragement changed his life. Oh, yeah. And I think I remember him coming back and talking to her about that later yeah. and saying how much how, how much of an impact that had on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really does. Yeah. So we can help build into our kids' vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the, we actually segued right into our next point that we wanted to share, which is self-awareness. It's so important to just be aware of who you are. Like what what makes you you? Um, what makes you comfortable in your own skin? Mm-hmm. Um, God doesn't want us to be a leader that looks like every other leader. Indeed. There's no magic formula. I bet, as a matter of fact, I bet there's no one right way it to be a leader. leader. <laughs> I had to get that we in there get somewhere. somewhere in each episode. <laughs> It's like finding where's Waldo. <laughs> uh, but but truly, uh, one of the things I do a lot with my students, and I, and Vicky has done a lot too, is just helping them be self-aware, helping mm-hmm. them learn what do, excuse me, what do other people see in them mm-hmm. that is like their gifts and their talents and their potentials. Um, we love to do uh, the Myers-Briggs with our Oh, yes, kids. it's so good for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just kind of helps them get in touch with that God wired us the way we are for a reason and that um, there's, there's positivity and there's gifting and there are things that we can offer the people that we are leading as well as people that we are following by who we are and what our strengths are. And that it's okay that we are not strong in everything. Indeed. We're not supposed to be. Right. But our culture tends, I think, tends to tell us like, oh, just got to work on your weaknesses all the time. You know, don't worry about your strengths. They're, they're your strengths already. Just work on the weaknesses. Well, and that's true. And you see then that cartoon um, that goes around sometimes on Facebook or with the Einstein quote about um, getting a fish to climb a tree, you know, is always going to be a failure. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, we all have weaknesses and we have to compensate for those. And we, we learn skills for that. But to lean into our strengths is so important. And in order to do that, we have to recognize them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what about also like with self-awareness, what about then, um, acknowledging that there are some of those weak areas and some things that we really have to be self-disciplined with. Yeah. So, well, I'll give a a good example. So I kind of naturally ADD. Oh, I guess there are a few of us around like Uh, that. Yeah. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember when I was in graduate school for counseling, because that's what I do for a job. Mm. um, Part of what we had to do is sit still and not move. Like they would have us practice in class because you can't fidget all the time when you're with the client because it it gives the appearance of being nervous Mm. and you don't want to do it. You want to be calming to your clients. So for me to learn to sit still and not be fidgeting all the time was 
really hard, but it was so important because that was a skill I needed to help other people feel better. Wow. And if you've ever spent some time with Vicki, you know that she is one of the most calming, like soothing, peaceful people to be around. Unless I'm cranky. Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, is, is that's, those are learned skills because my natural fidget is never still, you know, wow. just never still. So that the self-awareness to know, okay, I feel a fidget coming on and to take a breath and make my body be still is something I had to learn. And so to, all teenagers have things mm-hmm. they should learn. Like um, one of the self-awareness things sometimes for adolescent males is uh, that my skin, when it's all greasy and I haven't taken a shower in a few days, smells bad and that it makes people feel better when they're around me if I get that cleaned up. Mm-hmm. So to understand what that feeling is of mm. being clean and then not clean. Oh yeah. And uh, so that's a good self-awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes yeah. a good leader or follower. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. And then how about then kind of um, looking a little bit more outward um, another good skill for leaders, which we're doing right now, is communication. Oh, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So do you do things with your leadership team on communication? We, yeah, we do. Um, we like to, to play some games where we, um, we actually just did it in your psych class. Vicki ah. wrote, not, this was not intended to be another shameless plug, but while we're at it. So, you know, Vicki has this wonderful psych curriculum that I'm teaching right now. Um, and I have a group of 10 students working on this. And so we did this really interesting thing. We'd studied communication last week and we took a sentence and said it in as many different ways as we could. Oh, that is so fun. To give it different yeah. meaning. And it is fascinating how many different meanings you can give the exact same set of words. Do you remember what sentence you used? Uh, we used, um, let's see, the, one of the examples in your book is about a mission trip. Oh, you want to go on the mission field? You want to go on the mission field, yep. You want to go on the mission field? Yup, yup, exactly. And do you, you want to go on, you know, in the mission field? Or do you want to go in the mission field? You know, we just yeah. kind of played around with it. And then we even didn't even change the inflection so much as the volume and then we changed Uh, our body language oh that's so fun it was really fun and it's all communication skills absolutely and when teenagers feel like they can manage how they communicate when they're put in a leadership role it gives them more confidence Mm -hmm. and if they're in a followership role it helps them feel like somebody can listen to them better. Oh, yeah, because one of the things about communication with leadership that a lot of us don't realize is a lot of being a good leader is being a good listener. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Good skills. You betcha. You betcha. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our next skill is causing great angst here. <laughs> we're, we're laughing because Vicki and I both have a lack in the next category. <laughs> um, and so we count on our teammates, which is Indeed. one of the things we said when you're a leader or a follower, you're a part of a team. And so you need somebody, at least in the team, to, to have be, strong organizational skills. It took me years to be able to say organization mm. without a panic attack. Yes. You know, it just isn't a natural <laughs> thing for me. And yet we know when things are a little bit organized, life goes much smoother. Indeed. It yeah. does. And you can often accomplish more and you can do it um, 
with less angst, as we mentioned. Indeed. And at the same time, you want that balance. You don't want the organizational skills to stifle the creativity of the group or the spontaneity of the group. Um, and so that's why it's great to have a balance and have some organizational skills. Or if you are not somebody who has a lot of organizational skills, just know that and recognize that about yourself and then utilize your team and make sure your team includes and values and utilizes the organizational gifts of other people on your team. It is it, part of teamwork is recognizing people's strengths and allowing them to take the leadership in that part of their strength. Yeah. So to have the organizers on a team be the ones that make schedules mm. or decide how much a serving is and how many servings is, you know, 5,000. Mm. Um, you know, those organizational kind of people will make things work well. And then the, the let's talk about it people, you know, they, they have a place because they keep things rolling and make it fun and cast the vision. Mm. So everybody has a place. And for teens to, to appreciate each other, mm -hmm. it's good for us grown-ups too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We... we uh... We really value that and within our group, within Seven Sisters, we have different uh, gifts and skills. Indeed. And we, we often joke, we say there there wouldn't be two sisters because we need our organizationally gifted sisters. Yeah, it took six of us to, to... By the way, there's six sisters in Seven Sisters. Who's the seventh sister? Why, that's you because you're right here with us listening to the podcast. Thank you for being our seventh sister. Yeah, we love having you here. Yes, we make a good team all together. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what about the whole idea of balancing like the tasks and the relationships that kind of comes with, with having yeah. people who maybe you are gifted communicators and vision casters and then people who are strong organizers? How do we, uh, how do we balance all of that? I tell you what, when grownups learn this, the world will be a better place. <laughs> You've probably been around on a church committee sometime and you get your relational people and your task-oriented people and they are judging each other all the time. All the time. So one of the things we have learned with our seven sisters here is that all of us have different gifts and we're supposed to have different gifts. So like, you know, Kim is the party. If it, that we When we go to conferences, we make sure Kim is there because she makes the party happen. So we don't expect ourselves to make a party happen. Kim does that. Mm. And our editors, they can do a detail like insanity. Like, yes, like nobody's business. And so they put up with people like me or Sabrina vision casting as long as we don't overdo it. And then we are, are patient with their detail orientation because that's what their gift is and all together we get things done absolutely absolutely and it's interesting sometimes it takes longer to do something well when there are this many different people and different giftings because you do have that time where you're sort of rubbing up against one another figuring out how to balance the Indeed. task and the relationship mm -hmm. and what have you but that's actually what makes you a stronger team and yeah. makes you more successful in the long run. So when your teenager comes home from their leadership team at Umbrella School or youth group at church, and they're complaining about, well, so-and-so is just always so-and-so, help them understand the puzzle that, you know, like uh, the body of Christ is like a jigsaw puzzle and it all has to fit together. Everybody made in God's image in the way he wanted them to be. 
Absolutely. And how important it is sometimes that we're figuring out where do we fit. Yeah. Sometimes we might end up putting ourselves somewhere that we think we're supposed to be or where somebody just happened to see us and we happened to make eye contact and they thought we would be a good fit. (laughs) That's happened a few times. It has, it has. And we were voluntold about something. And all of (laughs) a sudden... How do you do that, Kim? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But somehow we find ourselves sometimes like trying to be the puzzle piece or trying to fit in the puzzle where Mm -hmm. we don't really belong. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. can be really stressful for everyone. Yeah. So uh, really respecting that feeling yeah. of fit and and yeah. sometimes it's good to move around and find a different fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about organizational culture, oh. Vicky. Vicky's the culture queen too, oh, as well as the vision she, queen. Yeah. I mean, you know, culture doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to a Sunday school class where everything just feels good and you feel welcome and, and loved, it's because somebody made up their minds that this would be a welcoming, loving Sunday school class. That, that culture is a very intentional thing. And if we are, are God's followers, we hopefully will have cultures that we are setting wherever we are, our family culture, our, our youth group culture, our, our co-op culture that is, is reflecting what, mm. what Christ would say. So, you know, welcoming and probably fun. I, I oh, think yeah. fun is I, I think it would have been very fun to hang out with Jesus. I, I often... Yeah. I often kind of read about him hanging out with the disciples and think, wow, that must have just been so amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I never felt like he had the, the personality of a dill pickle, you know, yeah. like we, <laughs> the, that, uh, you know. So anyway, so you set a vision mm-hmm. of what kind of culture do we want to have? And then you use your words and you teach teens to use their words. Like you cast the vision and you write the vision. You know, Sabrina talks about writing your mission statement and that's that's like a next step. Yeah. That that um, in Habakkuk 2.2, mm-hmm. it says write the vision and make it clear so mm. that those who read it can run with it. Like it's there in the wow. scriptures on purpose. That people, if you don't say, we expect this kind of culture. We expect a loving culture. We expect an accepting, friendly culture, or an honest culture. People don't know that. Mm. And so they'll do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But if you have a unifying vision for mm. any organization, any mm. any organization, then people will jump on board. So yeah. that's a leader's job to cast the vision. It's a follower's job to know the vision and to build into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so important. We we see some of that in our in our umbrella school. The times that we have uh, worked more intentionally to set the expectation and to communicate that vision early on. People catch it. Not everybody, not all the time. Right. But by and large, people catch it. And if we don't set what we want the culture to be and show people and tell people and live it out with people, then they just kind of bring whatever they, wherever they came from last, they bring that culture with them. Indeed. Yeah. And, And sometimes that's okay. Yeah. But it, really, we, we miss so many opportunities if we don't on purpose create a culture. And then it gives the organization somewhere to drive and grow from. Mm-hmm. And you can even do that when, you know, when your teens are walking the dog or, you know, think about beyond the groups that we're in and the, the official teams that we're on. 
um, but look actually to, you know, to, to spread that culture beyond, you know, into the world, you know, we have yeah. our, our Christian circles, but then yeah. also, you know, look beyond into the world. So taking our Christian culture, mm-hmm. our faith of, of love and, mm-hmm. and acceptance and, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the person you meet in the grocery store, the, you know, person, and you know, at the counter behind you in the doctor's office, whatever, you know, be that to them. And we're spreading that culture one little drop at a time. So we used to talk about when, before I retired from the Umbrella School, um, for the the kids to be empowered to be culture creators, that they could take the vision, but actually they be the ones that make it happen. So one of the things that tickled me like anything, although I don't know how impressed his mom was, was when he went off to college, he carried that vision of being a culture creator to college, and you know, college students, they do some exciting things, oh, right? Yes. He got a tattoo on his arm that said that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. So one day on his Facebook page, you know, hey, Mrs. T, look at this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a, but, but he, on purpose, has learned wow. and made part of his life being a culture creator. Beautiful. So as he leads or follows, he is bringing the idea of spreading the gospel with him. Mm, so powerful. So powerful. So because this is Vicki and I, we thought it would only be appropriate to share a few leadership quotes with because you. We Some like of quotes. our favorites, yeah. <laughs> when we go would go on retreat together, Vicky would like smatter the whole room with little pieces of paper with quotes on them. And I would always go around at the end. We, we were all supposed to take a few and kind of think on them and pray on them during the weekend. And then I would go around at the end and say, Vicky, do you need these? And I would scoop them all up and tuck them in my Bible. And just like every so often would just pull them out and just go through them and pray on them and say, God, what are you trying to say to me here? It quotes are such a good way to, to carry on a vision. Mm. You know, if you have the right words, it's like a good poem. Yes. If you have the right words, it helps you run with things. Mm-hmm. Very scriptural. Yes. So, all right. So what are some favorite quotes? All right. Well, why don't you share yours All right. First? All right. So this is, this is one that, that I would tell the teenagers is you don't always have to be right. I mean, I'm always right. <laughs> they don't always have to be right. <laughs> That's right. And perhaps some of us need to hear you're not always right. Yeah. yeah. That, and, and that we don't have to be. So like if you're yeah. having a group discussion, yeah, somebody else might also have a really good idea. And sometimes you're the leader and your idea is the best idea. And sometimes it's a good idea, but somebody else has a good idea. And their idea can be the idea you run with. So it doesn't always have to be the, the right or your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially as a leader, you get a whole lot more credibility from your followers if you can actually yeah. recognize and run with somebody else's idea instead of it always having to be your idea. Yeah, because it's building other people up. Mm, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then a corollary to you don't always have to be right is something Vicki has taught me and I have a little bit of perfection paralysis. So this really helps. Um, Is anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Indeed. And yes, you heard that correctly. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. And what that just means to me is if it's really important and it's really valuable, don't wait until it's perfect to do it. Just do it and try and get moving and you can always improve on it and you can always make it better. But don't let that paralyze you into doing nothing. 
And, and if I had to do everything well, I would never get anything done because I don't really do very many things well. Yeah. It takes a team, you know. That's right. Like, so That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then, of course, John Maxwell is one of our, our buddies, yeah. our leadership buddies. So we're, we're kind of leadership book junkies around here. Big and, time. You know, we confess it. And, and mm-hmm. it helps us learn and grow. It does. So one of the, the big influences on my life is John Maxwell. Mm. And he has so many good quotes. Mm. But one of the ones that I won't be able to quote verbatim because I've internalized it so much. But the mm. idea is that people should feel better about themselves from having been around you. Mm. And that a good leader is that. A good leader is a people builder. Mm -hmm. So it's not about building himself, it's about building those around him to make a great culture and a great team. Yes, and that makes everyone better and therefore makes the group better. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't have a particular quote to share, but along with John Maxwell, one of my other favorites is John Gordon, J-O-N-G-O-R-D-O-N. And both John Maxwell and John Gordon put a lot of their quotes on their Twitter accounts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So if you're on Twitter, that's a great place to go to to get little uh, snippets of wisdom. And of course, their books are full of, of all sorts of wisdom. And both of them are really nice, accessible writers yeah um, yeah you know, like teens can read those yeah especially um john gordon's books are very easy mm. to read and john maxwell has little skinny short books and, and there's yep. oodles of great writers out there on oh, yeah. leadership oh yeah yeah one day i went looking for what am I going to use with my leadership class? And I ended up sitting on the floor in Barnes and Noble for about three hours and ended up like looking like I should have been on a commercial somewhere, just surrounded with books. And they didn't bother me at all. They're like, yeah, they're, they're go. They're having a party with the books. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I met a few people while I was there. I of bet. course. <laughs> so um, we hope that this has helped you think maybe a little bit differently about leadership and followership. And helping your teens recognize and allowing themselves to develop both sets of skills, which are really the same skills. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope it's been a little educational, a little bit fun or funny for you, because um, it's been a real, real joy for us. Um, and uh, so we would just um, encourage you, if you are so inclined to uh, hop on over to iTunes. Indeed. And if you'd like to drop a few stars for us or a whole bunch of stars would be lovely. Um, Because what we found is the way that people will find us is the more reviews with the more stars, it will make it easier for other homeschoolers to find us. Um, And we also do have a Facebook page. Um, So again, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and we look forward to being with you again soon. See you next week.